it was like Norway and Sweden or something. They have this system that is all the alcohol shops are government owned. In not all the states, um, in the more like um, ah. right leaning states like um, uh, oh, Alberta, there it's private, for instance. But in Toronto, everything except beer and beer, they've given it to this like one monopoly co company to sell it, call it the beer store. But everything else is sold is sold through there. I don't mind. I mean, the money goes. I, I, the shops were extremely nice and well maintained, and you know, some people said the prices were a bit more because they wanted to discourage. But the shops were super nice and well maintained, and the money no, goes I, back to the public. So I don't mind it too much. Yeah, that's however good. you have to plan your alcohol <laughs> purchase in advance. I mean, in Europe too, a lot of places still yeah, selling at nine, but there as well when the shop would close, LCBO seven or eight, whatever. And on Sundays, you could either only buy alcohol until like 12 or so then this shop will be closed and not all of them will be open and oh, then after cool. okay. that um like you couldn't and in quebec it's a bit more mixed they sell beer and wine at the gas station and supermarkets but yeah in canada you can't yeah. go to a supermarket and get alcohol i don't in mind Ontario, it centrally managed i wouldn't mm. even mind if all the beer companies and all that is nationalized and all that i mind that that's <laughs> which was like yeah they close i think in scandinavia it's the same like they close at six so basically like you finish work at five and you have half an hour to run to the shop and like let like i don't understand yeah, i mean six, I, in although you could argue it's uh, alcohol among drugs has the most negative social impact it tends to it's one of the most addictive yeah. one of the most violent ones but it's still i i don't think and i must say like that's one thing living in iran at night feel much safer than europe man yeah. like that's definite like you see so many like drunks and yeah. people like just being as slightly you don't know if they're going to become violent or not that's definitely like so i can see why government might want to somewhat control it you know yeah yeah no no definitely definitely i mean you know a lot in, of fights in switzerland it's after nine and the stores can't sell alcohol but you know you can still go to a bar of course and and drink but yeah i assume in italy probably even after nine like <laughs> italy and i don't know Fran what is france like switzerland do you think uh is france yeah to yeah i think so very 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 similar Italy, I saw something like pretty weird and stuff. We were there, and then like if you wanted to buy cigarettes, you could only you could buy them in special ways, and one way are through these vending machines. But for that vending machine, you need an Italian health card. <laughs> so I don't know. They had some like weird system in order to get it. Yeah. All right, Sam. Let's let's keep this party rolling, and please like and subscribe. So Chris Hedges had an interesting conversation with Brianna, and before getting into like the smaller, less important aspects of it. I mean, there was there was a central argument that was being made. So do you want to be the one who kind of summarizes the main point that Chris Hedges was trying to make and the main disagreement, I guess, with Brianna? I don't I don't know if there was a main sort of argument thesis type thing, but there they, they it was sort of like Brianna was saying that uh, she was discussing some stuff about AOC and Twitter and politicians. And then Chris Hedges was like, you shouldn't pay attention to any of them mm -hmm. because they like, you shouldn't expect anything from them. They are all 
sellouts and uh, ineffective because they have to keep their seats and blah, blah, blah. The only thing that is a true answer to changing the uh, laws and society that we live in is uh, organizing from very bottom, like workers organizing that type of thing, uh, like uh, grassroots organizing. Mm-hmm. And then, in my view, finally, somebody said what I've been wanting to say for you, and uh, thank God, Brianna Greyjoy is out there for all of us. She said that something which all of us had, we've been thinking, I think, and saying to ourselves at least that, look, if it's going to be like, if I'm going to help to organize something, so maybe 150 years after me, there is a $15 or $20 minimum wage or whatever, i much rather spend the rest of my life. And Brianna Greyjoy, unlike us, has options. She can go become a corporate lawyer and earn actual money. So uh, uh, she said, yeah, I'd rather do that uh, than, uh, you know, I spend my life contributing to a building of a palace uh, that I'll never see. Because sometimes that's how in the left they category, like you should contribute. It doesn't matter what happens to you. You're contributing to a process of humanity that will culminate in film. I don't care. I'm, I really don't care. Like unless it culminates in my lifetime and largely be, before 50. Like after 50, I don't really care. Uh, I don't care. So I think she was a very honest, very great interview. And then... Uh, yeah, I mean, I think uh, a little bit like, you know, but I mean... And then Chris Hedges response was uh, like, it won't take as long as you would. You do think it will not like hundred years or something like that. It will take one or two years uh, organizing on the, on the grassroots for something to be effective. And then he mentioned the Wobblies, international uh, industrial, sorry, workers of the World Union, which I like to talk about a bit, but then, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I just want to give a full account of. No, no, thank you for that. That. That's great. But I mean, what Chris Hedges said, one or two years sounds like nothing to me. I'll be like, take 10 years. Really something like that. Chris Hedges has been online. I've been watching Chris Hedges at least since 2003. So I don't really understand that part. Yeah, that one or two years was extremely optimistic. (laughs) If it takes one or two years. But then the other thing, though, is like, you know, things never get solved once and for all. So it's like a, a continuing um it's a continuing battle or whatever or whatever you want to call it so i mean yeah it is sad if like you know it takes 100 years to achieve just 15 dollars an hour but i mean you know i'm sure even in the current context more things will get achieved um in the years to come very very small one and 15 dollars an hour is is quite yeah, a small a, one so i think they yeah, both kind of gave yeah, a bit of an unfair one and i think the more realistic one is that even in the u.s even in the next 10, 15, I mean, I just don't, like, you know, the Amazon workers, they were just successful to unionize their own warehouse, but I mean, which is um, great and amazing. Which, by the way, which but that's, very quickly, but, no, 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 sorry, that could very much right now lead to the fact that Jeff Bezos might try to do a national campaign of right to work, uh, making right to work laws federal, which which are anti-labor laws, or might just close down the... Uh, I mean, if I were him in his position, I probably would have shut down the site. Yeah, so I mean, anyway, but I mean, you do what is best. So yeah, there can also always be like consequences on the other side and reactions, um, you know, whenever you do something. But I'm just saying that doesn't necessarily... You know, that's happening, but those are all like individual levels. So like some Starbucks maybe some Amazon. So I don't see any kind of um, movement 
you know, happening at the national at the national scale, really not that I'm helping or contributing with anything, but I just don't see any kind of anything happening. So it's not that it's not going to happen in one or two years. There's just no momentum or nothing going on for it even to happen to 10 in 10, 15 years. So both of them, I think they kind of looked at it a, a little bit of a no, I, I disagree, weird way. I must say. Yeah. I mean, look, I I agree that I think, look, first of all, I don't think media work and trying to influence politician works. I Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. My headphone is running out. It's about to run out. Um, I also don't think grassroots organization doesn't work either, largely. Like, you know, I mean, I, to be honest, I haven't looked at an empirical study, but I don't think it largely doesn't work. So that I agree with you there, that they're both wrong there. But I think she's like, she, like okay, she's using an exaggerated example, the $15. But man, are you like, if you are in this to change the world, yeah, I'm not in, the, in this for changing the world. If you're in this, which, what, like I spent 50 years and maybe like, oh, we get rid of capital punishment. Oh, maybe there is no more war on drugs. Oh, fuck off. Like, yeah. Which I, is, I, which I, is I just, great. If, which is great, but like you shouldn't be doing great, this just for that. I mean, if those are causes that you like and you get pleasure from this kind of, you know, work. Like, I mean, exactly. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I, I talk that's... about leftist politics and about whatever it is that I come here and say, because that is truly what I prefer to us. talk about and believe in and find and find fun. And as you can see, I perhaps don't go far enough to the left because maybe um that's a world that I don't quite imagine or necessarily want or something. So just saying our, our okay, sorry, Sam had to just change his headphones. So I'll just try to finish my thoughts. But yeah, I mean, doing this kind of work with the only with the hope that change will come, which is perhaps what a lot of activists and others do. But someone in Brianna's position, I was actually a bit surprised that, you know, she was only doing this kind of work for some change to come because you can also always disappoint you. I mean, there's always going to be changes and improvements, you know, in, in 10 years, if you ask Brianna, did something happen last 10 years that you're happy and proud about, there will be something. But if you know, if you think that something astronomical will happen and all that, you know, perhaps, um, perhaps it will, it, it won't. So, I mean, you know, I mean, Brianna has perhaps already lived, I mean, I hope not, but one of the most promising <laughs> periods of her life when it comes to politics which was the bernie sanders uh, campaign in 2016 you know if if there is even another thing like that that would be that would be amazing in the in the coming years but yeah i was a bit i think again she was kind of joking joking i'm sure she really enjoys oh, doing this I, podcast uh, and this kind of job and must... she makes money off the podcast too i mean i would imagine being a podcast host is more fun than a corporate lawyer i don't know maybe not no but but not the same money. Yeah, but the money is quite different. <laughs> but hey, if she income. keeps on growing, though, you yeah, know, she can, you it's can like make yeah, it's money. more fun. Less stressful, sure, sure, but less stressful. You're your own boss, yeah, but you know. That, if she becomes what, bigger, that's true. Uh, all of this is true. I mean, I'm yeah. doing the same sort of. I'm, I do freelance work, so yeah. Uh, no, but I, I, you must understand the frustration, which I do. I, I just, I am extremely disappointed as well but the frustration comes from the fact that again yeah exactly we saw the 2016 explosion of energy <laughs> and for a moment generally for a moment globally it seemed like some shit was gonna happen jeremy corbyn bernie sanders 
uh, uh, even within EU, there weren't so many fucking right-wing fascists uh, winning elections. So, you know, and then it just, yeah. So I understand their frustration. And I must say, I like, I, I, there is a segment on the left that always argues that, yeah, you should try to organize and, you know, hope for them. Like, you should do it for the sake of, it's hard, man. It's just, it's hard to do things maybe because my children or children's children will have a better, like, especially with the climate crisis looming, I suppose it makes it a bit more difficult, but it's just really difficult to do things for maybe after us, they will have a, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I mean, I don't really a, see that as being in, yeah. I mean, I never think about that way, why, um, why it is, I just, you want to contribute to human humanity's progress or whatever you think that is so um but it's difficult really difficult when it's like yeah maybe in 150 years you know we won't uh you know murder as many children like that's like but but that's but yeah i mean just the way i i think of it though is that never with years or how many years it will take because doesn't make too much sense because it's a never-ending it's a never-ending cycle like not a cycle it's a never-ending journey like life improving things getting rid of issues improving on issues tackling some issues it's never ending not only the old ones remain at like maybe if you've tackled it at you know smaller smaller scales but then new ones will emerge too so it's kind of never-ending thing so kind of thinking about that way or that you're going to reach a point where okay Guys, we did it. No, but I mean, that, that's okay. Not that never doesn't ending. work that way. But 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 you would like to see some fucking progress, wouldn't you? Like yeah, okay, I guess not you never see like even you progress. twenty years. You know what? Someone wrote to Brianna. Someone wrote to Brianna in the comment section. I told you about this. They wrote to Brianna. They were like, Brianna, you're an example of you know change happening. Uh, and this is the ones that he named, right? He said, "There's no more slavery. There's no more Jim Crow, and women can vote." right so i mean things okay. do change that that is that is true although First i don't think all, rihanna would deny that. that those kind of things happen but i don't i don't know if there's a latin name for this but this is like reverse ad hominem attack i hate that whenever you say something oh how come they allow you to do like whenever i say something uh, like i say glenn greenwald said that about russia or something because i like to reference my shit oh like you see in america they allow glenn greenwald mm-hmm. to talk but in russia I, I hate that like you are an example of this series yeah no but the person that. was just Secondly, trying to yeah, say again yeah, that things I know, do but happen she, and improve. Yeah, but this is a very bad faith understanding of her argument yeah, as well. She's I not agree. saying nothing changes. She's just saying that the speed of change is extremely disappointing and frustrating, especially when we have, as ICC reports, like about two years before the whole fucking, uh, like, human, the whole ecology, like, collapses. Like, or, okay, ICC probably somewhat exaggerating. Yeah. I'm sure humanity will continue in some form or fashion. But it's just like, yeah, it's, I, I love that question. And I, yeah, because especially like all people who talk about organizing all the time, like, it, like you know, it's so like, go, go localize, organize at your local level. And like, what should I, like go to a local council and ask for people to join you? What, like, it's so, and it's so like, you, 
there is nothing comes out of it even like in the best case scenario and you're like i think things do come out a little bit but it's so little and it's so hard that's why like activism and caring about causes and stuff it's extremely hard but you know you can make things happen at small level at big levels too like things happen like look in canada it was for longest time you know i know it's a country that perhaps has less problems than other countries but one was like you know marijuana should be legalized and let's say it's not the biggest problem in the world but hey that eventually happens and by the way yeah the sad and the worst part of all of this is slavery gone marijuana becoming legalized it's mostly to do with the economic structures Mm -hmm. not to do with people fighting grassroots organizing all of that i'm sorry but it's just not accurate Uh, i mean at best the grassroots and protest is like a side effect of international and economic structures so that's even the worst part so but i told you about this amazing example from my university this year right like what the students did and what they achieved so in the beginning of covid when covid struck in switzerland the university because let's say a meal at the cafeteria costs like 12 13 um, francs something like that that's the equivalent of us dollars and so in the beginning, when the pandemic hit, the government put in this scheme where it became where for five dollars, university students could get a meal. And then they promised that it will stay there for a while, too. And then they removed it. And then the students did this. Uh, they kind of blocked the cafeteria for about three weeks during the dance of the cafeteria's blocked. And they ran a campaign. And I mean, I, I don't know too much about it or not, but they negotiated somehow directly or not because the money came from the federal government. And they managed to reinstate these five five dollar meals for uh, all the students. And you just need to like get a coupon on your thing, and and you get it. So you know, it's a nice example of how you can. You know, it's a small change and everything, but you know, it was it was interesting to see that they managed um, to get that and bring that back. Sorry, I'm on a very negative <laughs> mood today. And yeah, what are you going to say? <laughs> yeah, just to revert, just referencing back to. Like, yeah, like, you know, in Switzerland, one of the countries with yeah. one of the worst laws against immigrants and he, like hey, the hey, place hey, where they wanted... banned, they banned Afghanistani children from parks because they didn't want their really? beautiful Swiss that children. That, that was four or five years ago, yeah. Uh, in a law, in a one city or something. Okay. Uh, because they didn't want their beautiful children to be playing with Afghanistani children. Like, what does motivate them to come out and do a proper campaign that causes change? Oh, we don't want our food to be $12. It must be five. A students who, their education is free, I believe, mostly. Well, it comes through the taxes that they that them and their family uh-huh. have paid comes through taxes yeah. yeah sure not through not through all the money is stolen our land and that too. Them, you know <laughs> and the business yeah but okay None i know that things that, happen e- things might happen easier in switzerland and where they bring I'm sorry, the money but and just, all that, that just but it's an aesthetic. example it's an example i'm just i was just giving a small no, no. example no, that, of something being achieved through uh protest and mobilizing and all that I think your example just proves what kind of things motivate humanity and uh, just, yeah. But I mean, no one is, uh, most people are doing that for themselves, right? I mean, sure, maybe people say it's for others, but they're, but it's for yourself and others, right? I don't, if you're going to benefit from it, let's say if, you know, if you get together and there's a big coalition and for some reason, climate policies are improved. I mean, what am I going to say? Oh, but this change in climate policies benefits you as well. That's why you did it. Well, like, yeah sure of course 
so i mean the fact that it benefits you and that's like human i don't see that as being you know no i don't see that as the problem but i do think there is like one is for example should we treat people like garbage who are from other countries or oh they reduce they increase their food prices by seven dollars one seems to me being a slightly more important than the other but But humanity has proven me that food part is far more important than how you treat other and this is not about switzerland by the way everywhere is the same but i mean this was one that was achieved that was one that was achieved you know you know damn well that maybe the same students or a lot of other people take part in all kinds of mobilization and how to you know treat refugees and migrants better it's not like they don't no, look, in Iran, a couple of years ago, there was an increase in petrol prices. People came out and it went up a bit, but then they mm. brought it down a little bit. Yeah, so you could argue something achieved. Yeah, but, but did anybody comes out whenever they uh, fucking lynch an Afghanistani person in a rural area? Because, you know, does anybody does? Uh, no, but for petrol prices, everybody was out. Yeah, because you know, it affects just, them. I mean, yeah. I get your point. But So your point is that, is your point that people don't do these things for purely altruistic reasons? Is that what no, you're no, trying my, to say? No, my point is that unless it uh, influences them very directly, people don't do shit. So there is no hope of really achieving a building a coalition uh, through media or through grassroots organization or any of that. You should, best case scenario, you hope for when bread prices go up and maybe there is a revolution. That's pretty much. Yeah, and I don't think because, mo- mo- you know, I don't think many people would disagree with that, I think, because let's say like when they keep on saying, you know, working class people should, you know, mobilize and get together. Like the the thing is that they're saying is like, look, like these policies in place currently are not good for you guys. So you guys should get together and fight against them for policies that benefit you um, as a group of people and individual. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Uh, or sorry. Yeah, I know. I I went on a tangent. I think this conversation has gone so far, so I don't know where's the concluding part. So yeah, yeah. Let's yeah, leave I this know. part at this, and maybe just wrap up with one or two funny things that happened in this. Wait, wait. <laughs> in no, this no, interview, wanted, go ahead. Before go ahead. that, yeah, go ahead. Before that, just because I didn't want to talk completely out of my house, I went and ch- checked out. Yeah, Industrial Workers of the World was an international union that was highly effective pretty much from like in 1890 to 1905 and they managed to re, re, no they managed to pass some uh, uh, state laws regarding workers rights and a few i think federal laws and all that but i'm sorry like chris just uh, says that wobblies were highly effective sorry if so yes were... this is the example that he gave right is, this is not the communist party right this is another example that he gave no this is a union yeah this yeah. Is a, and what uh, year was this uh, I mean, they are still in effect, mm. but they became they became a union in 1905. Okay, okay, sorry, sorry, sorry about cutting you off. Okay, I mean, there was a sort of they there was pre precursor persecutors mm. to them, but yeah, they became uh, big in like 1905 to 1910. But by 1910s and 1920s, membership declined dramatically. Yeah, and I don't know what is the definition of effective. But uh, like, is an organization that collapses within two decades into nothingness in terms of relevance? Is that still considered effective? I, and, don't know. I mean, you know, you could say that, you know, you could give the reasons why they collapse. I don't know. I'm just throwing out they, things. You know, you uh, yeah, there's loads forces of forces came after them. Of course, like, you know, bosses, employers, 
all this but I mean you know I thought this is why I asked about the is this the communist example because the communist one was kind of similar right he said like the U.S. had this really strong communist party but then they destroyed it uh, after yeah, or exactly. ahead of World War One. so I kind of get it like yeah sure like it was like, strong and stuff and I understand that stronger forces destroyed <laughs> it but it's a bit of like a you know, yeah, you can't say example. a highly, highly effective warrior who died in his first battle. <laughs> like she didn't manage to win a kinda, single. Kind of, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. I mean, you know, we don't know. I don't know too much about the Communist Party and all this. So I'm sure in the US, it's coming off a bit ignorant. You know, maybe there are other details that if I knew, I wouldn't be speaking this way. But it was just a funny example because <laughs> Brianna asked them for an example. He goes back to like the 19 whatever tens, <laughs> and that organization was crushed anyway. So I think that was one of the funny things that I wanted to talk about. Oh no, the funny good, no no, good. there were two other funny ones. Sorry, sorry, but they kind of relate. I don't know what no, I'm saying. So yeah, I'm sorry about if we I went on a huge tangent and I'm very negative today for some reason. But I do think like there is a huge over-exaggeration of the effectiveness of grassroots movements and this type of thing. Yeah, yeah, possibly. And, you know, one country I have to keep on looking at this is France. France is known for having like the most strikes, like worker strikes. And I remember when I was in school, I was told stories that is the workers, um, you know, people working who achieved the kind of one month holiday um, during the summer, and that wasn't something I was given. So there are all these. So the French example perhaps be a nice, more serious example to look at on what grassroots, you know, mobilizing and strike. I mean, in France, they have strikes all the time. You just have to go ask any bourgeois and they'll complain about strikes at the airport and stuff when they, it is, <laughs> when they arrive. Like- and France I don't probably has French... much better work r- rights than than the U.S., but it's still my other point is that it's still like a capitalist country. And sometimes we feel like with these kind of there's going to be a revolution. That's one that I really see much, much harder it coming from Like you know, there could be a revolution, but that would be because there'll be like a million things that are kind of coinciding or other things. I mean. And because no, that's, well, that's the thing that kind of bothers no, no, me sometimes. No, no. If you talk about grassroots movement and mobilization and general strikes, we'll achieve $15 an hour. We'll get Medicare for all, which are all great things. That I always, that you can convince me, fine. But it's when that it's kind of pushed more and it's kind of said that it's going to overthrow the capitalist system and all this. I mean, there have been revolutions, but I don't know if those were the kind of forces. Do you get what I'm saying? It's this part of the argument and not that everybody makes uh, this. Just when it goes past these, then I know, you kind of lose me. If not, I, I think mean, I'm much I, more sympathetic than you are to their possibility of. Yeah, and these yeah, are yeah, important uh, things. You know, Medicare for all would change a lot of people's lives um, in the U.S. It's not nothing. Uh, it's a big Medicare one. for all. Yeah, yeah. Medicare for all is students in Switzerland paying five uh, francs. No, that was just oh, an example of, of that happening. Rich kids, bourgeois. <laughs> they, they don't necessarily have to be anyway. rich bourgeois kids. They could, you know, of course they, if they live in a fortunate. In you are they live in a rich. fortunate, um, you know, country and situation. That's yeah, for very sure. And they're not hungry on know? the streets or anything like that. But yeah. Yeah, that's a big deal. That's a thing. But, but they I still might have to work their whole lives and everything, you know. Oh, so. Oh, but you making it oh. seem like, you know, I brought up like an example of a bunch of like yeah. aristocrats or something. To me, 
no. they basically are. Yeah, to me, if you live in Switzerland, basically you kind of are. Your education is paid for. Your even if you live in for. a one bedroom without AC, huh? Have Have you taken that into consideration? I'm sorry, but if you live in a one bedroom without AC in Switzerland, where your education is paid for, your healthcare is paid for. No, no, healthcare is much. It's private, but it's uh, it's not leads private, to the same thing. God. No, it's fully private. It's just they manage to make the system run. If not, it's hundred percent private. So wait. So if what if somebody doesn't have a job? Then they don't have healthcare. They have to pay for their healthcare themselves, and if they don't have so enough money, it falls into the level that the government steps in. Yeah, exactly. So it's not like U.S. where they you just they just leave you to die. Yeah, they it's actually it's illegal not to have private health health to have healthcare. So exactly. So if you're poor, the government pays for it, right? Yes. <laughs> so I, again, compared yeah. to most people in Middle East, fucking aristocrats. No, I mean, yeah. of course. I mean, it is, it is one of the top places to live for the people who are there. Now, whether it's fair how they reach this kind of level compared to other countries, that's a different question. Uh, yeah. It's, so, yeah, I agree. Medicare for all is a bit different. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I want to agree with you there. That I'm personally, I don't think there, I think capitalism is the end game, to be honest. I don't think there will be another sort of, a, we can adjust it, but it won't be any... Yeah, and I mean, you know, capitalism is also what you mean by it. like a market-based system will always be around. Now, like for instance, neoliberalism is a bit of a thing of the past. So different types of it come and emerge. I don't think the ca- the system will be exactly the same yeah, in a hundred yeah. or two hundred or three hundred years. Of course, it's gonna it's gonna change. But one thing that's I always existed no. is inequality. I mean, based on my understanding, inequality goes far back from the capitalist system. So even if capitalism goes away, something similar replaces it. I don't inequality really. Will, I must say, I've never seen a society that doesn't have inequality and inequity and and all that. That's actually, I've been doing the research for our work and stuff. I really don't see any difference between a capitalist society and a feudal society, mm-hmm. so to speak. That much, I don't really understand the differentiation. I feel like the differentiation is just that Europeans, like, like people like Marx, like just. Europe just came about to producing surplus later in Northern Europe. So maybe, I don't know. So yeah, I just don't think there won't be any significant difference. All the difference would be either you have an international sort of capitalist system or a local one. Yeah. That's the, and Perhaps. it will probably fluctuate between the two. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I just want to agree with you there. <laughs> so what were the other funny things? The other one, one was like small, but that one, hopefully I'll see this part that we're talking right now while I'm editing. So I'll include the clip. If not, my bad, because it's going to be very short and I might miss it as I'm editing. But Brianna like says something about AOC. (laughs) And then uh, Chris Hedges goes like, AOC is not a real progressive. (laughs) Brianna's like, yeah, sure, I guess. But she's like, who's the real progressive then? And he says, Ralph Nader. And I mean, the (laughs) moment he says Ralph Nader, Brianna's eyes are just rolling. She's like... (laughs) I mean, I know a real progressive. His name's Ralph Nader. And look what happened to him. If you're a real progressive and you're not going to sell out. What do you want me to do with a politician who's, you know, I mean, Ralph Nader, amazing. I listen to his radio podcast often to this day. But I mean, you know, he's kind of a thing of the past. I mean, let alone that. 
Yeah, he's it still is. alive. He goes strong. I think Active. he publishes no, alive like 20 anybody. books a year. And he has his he has his own really like pretty cool radio show in a way, because it's kind of an older de- generation and he has like two other older yeah, guys. So I, the feel of it is really funny. But yeah, I mean there is a there is a bit of a, a schizophrenia about uh, Chris Hedges' position because he's like, yeah, Ralph Nader, and you saw what happened to him. They crushed him because yeah. he was a real threat. But you shouldn't lose hope. <laughs> I'm sorry, but why would you? Like, they destroyed Ralph Nader. So why shouldn't we use hope? Uh, we should definitely. Def- anyway, but yeah, that, that was great. That Ralph <laughs> I feel, yeah, that was, that was so funny that Brianna was like, I think Brianna wanted to talk to someone about the AOC thingy. Yeah. And and Chris Hedges wasn't like, come I don't on, think man. Anybody it's wants so to cool. talk about it, not even us. <laughs> we skipped the AOC part. Yeah, okay. No, but yeah. <laughs> we talked about it. Drama is always fun. Drama yeah, is always fun. That's for sure. And the second gossip, one. Gossip. Oh, that, that's uh, I realize why we do this show. It's not to change the world. It's not any, it's gossip. I love fucking gossip. I mean, you know, that's I'm our main yeah. motivation. I mean, for yeah, I mean, I don't know why I find this kind of politics fun or interesting, in and I want maybe maybe it's because I'm truly a good person. I don't know, but it's just what I find entertaining. Before we did this podcast, I was Sorry, listening but, to the uh, same you... content. <laughs> I, like I was like, yeah, I don't know why. From why it's fun, I don't know. From our this. From our discussion regarding succession, I think you are many things, but you're not a good person. <laughs> hey, I put you're my, somebody called, who called gets empathy, power. Sam. That's called empathy, Sam. I put myself uh-huh, in his empathy, shoes. Sure. That's empathy. It's different. But yeah, and the uh, second funny thing was this whole back and forth about Twitter. <laughs> a 10-15 minute argument about Twitter. Yeah, because, I, 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 I because Chris, like Chris Hedges is like, you know, whatever, Twitter and blah, blah, blah. And then Brianna's like, well, you know, like nowadays things are on social media. She wasn't saying like, you know, social media changes the world or anything like that. Like she wasn't making these huge claims. It's just he was so dismissive. And then she was like, you know, like back in the day, people would wake up and read the New York Times. And now people go on their Twitter feed and they they read the news. And then he, he says the most ridiculous thing, though. This one I found quite ridiculous. It's like, well, um, how many characters can you have on Twitter? She's like, well, that's 240 yeah. characters. And then he's like. Well, you can't educate and education is part of any revolution i was like okay that's what? like moving the goalpost what, what does that have to do? and then it's like you can't make any serious you can make a serious point in 10 words in a page in three pages and in by 150 the way, no, pages no, first... and yeah i'm sorry and yeah and the education thing yeah nobody disagrees with you i mean you get education from all different realms of life so nobody's oh, okay making that that claim so yeah that one i think and then and then the funny thing is that he says well i am on twitter anyway (laughs) as someone who runs my twitter account and they post all my stuff so it's good for disseminating information so i think it was just like a not a well um well thought comment yeah i think it was kind of to be honest it was very dishonest in a way that the question was approached mm. what brianna meant wasn't that oh do you go to twitter and read the exact yeah. con like in twitter as uh, he himself said people share their articles yeah. usually you click on the link and you go to the article it's not like people go and just okay it's oh the link i don't want to open yeah, that yeah, no. you know, it's not just that uh and uh, 
this uh, you, on Twitter you can't educate, but in books you can. So well, how come before Twitter and internet for thousands of years, people believed the most stupid thing? The most widely read books out there are Bible and some other superstitious pro- astrology books and Quran and all that. So this, uh, pre- oh, you can't educate people. And oh, when yeah. did the revolution, did the Iranian revolution happen because people had education or the Cuban one or the Russian one? I mean, I'm sorry, but the, I sometimes feel like these people have not read a single piece of literature yeah. on but, but how revolutions yeah. happen. Like this, uh, you can't educate. No, I mean, the, to be completely smile, fair, I'm he sorry. didn't mean like being educated. I mean, like being educated on specific issues. So like why you're fighting for X, Y, and Z. But, but yeah, I mean, that anyway. can happen anywhere. And he actually said social media. And right now we're picking on social media, but he said social media. It's and smartness, me, yeah. Me personally, maybe that's why my my level of education commentary is quite low, but I received like half of everything that I know and that I say I learned it from YouTube, like the real news, democracy. Now, I know it's not Twitter, but it's a form of social media. So no, YouTube, uh, I don't think you you keep saying YouTube is social media. I kind of disagree. Yeah, it's not the right exact type of social media. Yeah, I I get you. Uh, I mean, I mean, it's each one is different anyway. Yeah. But I do think YouTube, Wikipedia, again, it's like a book, man. You can go to a bookshop, buy a stupid, you can buy Mein Kampf, yeah. written by one of the worst people in the world. You can also go to another book by, I don't know, Alan Watts, whoever. But like this, this idiotically, oh, Twitter is that, social media is this, a smugness, and you can't. Uh, I'm sorry. Well, again, and I don't think these people have read any literature on how revolutions actually happen. It has nothing to do with education. It's mostly I mean, has to do with bread prices. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure. Chris Not that Hedges they, has, of course. Uh, of course, I'm sure Chris Hedges has. But perhaps it just comes back down to like, what is revolution? Like, what kind of change are we even like? Yeah, talking about? That's kind yes, of like that's the, the, true. the thing yeah, for I'm me. Talking, I mean. Like, I am doing what, yeah, I'm talking myself out of my ass a little vaguely. I mean, so. But yeah, enough, okay. Yeah. I think we've had enough fun with this. Um, <laughs> no, it's just, topic. I hate this because since I was a kid, and this was, as you know, this was huge in Iran. VHS used to be banned mm. in Iran because VHS was evil. I yeah. hate this thing that they, like, they, they blame a medium for the content or, like, it's. Just, it's exactly. just so try. I mean, you know. It's more. It's it's the, what religious. It's just what kind of made me attracted to the left originally because right wing people these religious nut jobs that with oh our children's brain video games oh yeah, exactly oh, get over yourself and, and or fine maybe I mean just last I mean not point, that maybe Chris just YouTube didn't say any of that <laughs> Chris just didn't say any of that I am just of that's why I get so animated sometimes no, no. for no reason. I got you. And then, yeah, so maybe like YouTube wasn't a good example just to wrap that up. But Facebook, someone, you know, if they go on the right stuff on Facebook, um, you know, they can find great material, I, great content. There's democracy now. I'm sure Grey Zone were on it back memes. in the day. You, no, no. I'm being like serious. No, I'm there is. Like, I am being like, serious. Okay, yeah, funny memes too. But I'm also saying there's, there's even flat out like educational stuff there ah, are philosophy okay. groups there are social science groups there are news groups there are all kinds of there are all kinds yeah. of things yeah for example on twitter right now i can 
tweet a link of uh, one of the Brian Maggie's interviews, one of uh, Michael Seguro uh, lectures. I mean, yeah. They, yeah, not that I think they, I, on the other hand, I hate those people who are, oh, social media is changing the yeah. world. Everybody access to, like, no, not that too, but just let's get, let's get crazy. It's just the uh, digital books. There is no fucking difference. Yeah. No, let's move on from this conversation. I mean, this has I'm nothing sorry, to do with I'm that. I'm very angry but, today. And I, I kind of get it. This has nothing to do with that with last point. Sorry for diverging, but people love to either say that something is going to change the world or something changed the world. And I guess I get it because what's more amazing than, than changing the world perhaps, but it's always thrown around with everything. And I can, you know, what changed the world? I mean, you know, a few, a few big, 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 big major discoveries maybe changed the world a lot, but left and not right. <laughs> largely, not, no idea really, I, in my view, yeah. has changed the world. Like what changed the world was like invention of antibiotics or yeah, invention of like of real. Exactly that type of shit uh, yeah. changed the world. Not like, you know, ideas or anything like that. So yeah, it's yeah, unfortunately. mostly things don't change the world, especially written things. But yeah, but folks, please let us know if we went like all over the place with this. I think I, <laughs> this, I, I, I know I am being very uh, bad today. So. Yeah, I think we're going to have to do viewer comments again next week. All right, Sam, let, let's let's move on. Let's keep this party rolling and let's do a few progressive geopolitics stories. And, you know, I, I got one, one message, really, which said that the person skips our U.S. domestic stuff and goes straight to the progressive geopolitics. So I think... You know, you're it's providing really? a service that, yeah, it's actually the, I showed you the message, but something else caught your attention as per usual. And I completely. <laughs> I mean, the, the person didn't say that. I, I, I know. The I person went... didn't say that I love it or anything like that. They just said like, that's what they watch. And you know, that's good enough. But as per usual, <laughs> you show yeah, someone. I, I thing remember now. I went on a rant, so I recall. Yes. yes. Okay. Pakistan. Can't take a compliment. Uh, yeah, Pakistan, the situation, as we discussed before, and people may know, the Emran Khan is like the country is going through a constitutional crisis. Emran Khan was facing a vote of no confidence, but um, he decided, he asked the president to dissolve the parliament which he did, but then the opposition parties took him to the court. And now the court has ruled that his dissolution of the parliament is illegal. So that, and he, today, he said he's going to give a speech today, which I haven't seen yet, but um, uh, that he's going to address the people and say what, what they're going to do next and all that. Uh, so, you know, that's where we are at right now. I don't know if you have any. Yeah, no, I, I saw that. <coughs> it's not over and yeah so what's the background what do you think caused all this what, what do you think led to this to them coming after after him you know some people a lot of people saying it's the u.s you know it's the u.s telling them and yeah uh look the i mean the thing is it's very hard to get accurate information but he has the thing is like compared to his rhetoric, he was in if in a, in action was a more conciliatory towards mm-hmm. America than his rhetoric in the campaign. But he was not half as conciliatory as the other politicians that were in power pre- previously. Yeah, and his his attempts at economic reforms 
and all that seem to have not been that successful. Like uh, the corruption seems to be still at a very high level and all that. And he seems to have uh, like basically he has a like originally people said that military is on his side sort of but his relationship with the military has been also very uh, Mm -hmm. uh, so you know I assume there are unhappy people within all these military opposition parties all that that want to get rid of him and you know yeah I I I mean I, I I would be I mean it's not beyond America to do this, but I would be surprised in the middle of all the crisis they're going through. Why would you just start another one? Yeah. yeah. yeah you know, yeah, yeah. that's the thing. That's what I, but it's very much possible. I do think that he's, the people who are trying to get rid of him are definitely more pro-American than he is. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if definitely Pentagon or CIA is behind this. Yeah. Yeah, because that's kind of what I think I showed you what Richard Medhurst was kind of saying in that tweet I showed you and someone commented back saying that. Apparently, there is a letter, but it's not been published or something that sort of is evidence. So, you know, maybe. Yeah, but this was a big story. I mean, when I saw it, it kind of caught my attention. Interesting story. Very big, very big country. And I think someone on Al Jazeera was saying, like, this is the first time that they're like democratically coming (laughs) coming after like whoever's in power in in <laughs> pakistan which is i think it's an uh, accurate observation yeah. yes <laughs> he didn't First pass any of... judgment i can't remember what he said after but like it was, i was just like okay that's true that's <laughs> very true yeah i mean i don't remember maybe in 70s they may have one election that was like <laughs> But so, yeah, uh, like no, I mean, yeah, they meant especially like you know, well, like well, the toppling of whoever's in power, getting rid of them was is being done in this <laughs> democratic yeah. fashion, which is I guess true, right? I mean, they wanted a, they were gonna do a vote in, in parliament and all this, right? So yeah, they yeah, were no, fall, they didn't a use force, yeah. It wasn't even... the usual transition of power in Pakistan is usually started with a coup or assassination. <laughs> that's the normal. I think that's what are, the guy you, and then <laughs> yeah. This time it was like started through parliament. It's very, it's very odd. Very yeah. But uh, yeah, but not much else update to be honest. Yeah, good stuff. Okay, keep it. So, Yemen, huh? I saw that. Yeah, that one was kind of buried. I didn't follow up, and because they do announce like truces all the time, this wasn't the first time they've they've announced a truce. And I like the time period. They're like, okay, two months, but that's it. (laughs) (laughs) Summer break. No, but I mean, on the uh, after they announced the uh, ceasefire, there was another big development, uh, which was that uh, you know the in exile president Hadi. So this it's really complicated and long. But the civil war in Yemen started when Saleh was in power, right? Do you remember Saleh? Yep, yep, of course. He's in Saudi yeah. Arabia now, right? No, no, no. He returned. Oh, he got no, killed. He's... Yeah, he's no. Houthis. <laughs> There's a video of him being shot no. in the street. Yeah, the guy, the no. man who would dance on the what was it? He would he was a dance on the swords or a stake dancing on the swords. He something they used to call him because he anyway. Saleh was in power. There was this protest, and then it led to a civil war. Hadi negotiated that he goes. He uh, just steps down from power. So Hadi, his vice president, becomes the 
president. But so the protest dies down, the civil war dies down. It didn't. Then Hadi goes to Saudi Arabia. Okay, so and Hadi goes like to sort Saudi of becomes. Side. Yeah, Hadi goes to Saudi Arabia, and he he's a, he's the officially elected government mm-hmm. according to that election and all that. He goes to Saudi Arabia. Saleh stays in Yemen. Saleh, this guy, Saleh was awesome. Saleh was like. He was like kind of Gaddafi, but with much less resources. He betrayed everybody. Like it didn't like within a two second, you couldn't like leave him alone for two minutes. He would like betray everything. Uh, he betray when Hadi goes to Saudi after a while. Saleh betrays Hadi, joins with Houthis <laughs> against Saudis. <laughs> what the hell is going on? It was so far. Then he betrays Houthis again in favor of Saudi Arabia and UAE and Houthis execute him in the streets. So, you know, that it's too many. When did that happen, the whole execution? That was like, I don't know, three years ago, four, four, five years ago, maybe. Yeah. So, but a couple of days ago after the ceasefire, they announced that Hadi has uh, transferred the power to a a leadership council Mm. headed by uh, uh, a chairman of Yemeni presidential presidential leadership council is called Rashad Al Alimi, and so this is probably these are good signs in terms of like you know they're probably both sides are making compromises and all that. I see, I see. But yeah. I would I love to see a, like a comedy movie about Saleh's life, <laughs> like it, like somebody who like yeah I'm with America now tomorrow I'm with France <laughs> Japan. Sri Lanka, like he would find allies, like nobody knew were involved in Middle. Yeah, I am working with Madagascar. I said, what? Like, how did they get involved in this? Yeah. Great guy, great, uh, interesting guy. Yeah, no, thank you for refreshing. Yeah. yeah, my Yemen memory. I completely, I always mix up the few characters, but I completely forgot like his murder. I can't yeah, picture it for some reason. But yeah, good thing you led this story. <laughs> so, <It's- laughs> It's yeah. It's not something you want to picture. <laughs> no, yeah. I know, but I'm just trying to like yeah. Because yeah. I mean, yeah, I yeah. used to follow it relatively. I mean, it's one of those conflicts I thought I knew a little bit what was going on. It's uh, interesting. <laughs> I mean, it's the most tragic humanitarian blah blah. But what, what can we do? Yeah, that is for oh, sure. Yeah. And also one where there was a lot of a lot of funding coming first. Of course, the Saudis and the UAE, and then. Now, when they told him to stop the war, they're like, okay, fine. We'll also stop the funding. <laughs> we're, <even laughs> we're laughing at them, by the way. I don't condone this. As long it's, as there's yeah. no misunderstanding, it's all I want to say. Yeah. But yeah, yeah exactly. Keep on going. Okay, Peru. Peru. So this is, a, this is a serious story that is, I don't know why nobody's covering this. Uh, so... Just before doing this story, you know, you can, like, you can praise things by not connecting them to people, like activities, like, you, yeah, and you can, anyway, I, I What do you mean? This. What do you mean? What, what, what are you trying this. to say? Okay, go ahead. Let me read this. I think it will become. Peruvian prime minister's praise of Hitler's sparks wave of protests. Anibal Torres said his words were misunderstood, but offered to apologize in person to Israeli Ambassador Asaf Ichilevich. So the Israel 
embassy in Lima has led a wave of protests after Peru's Prime Minister, Anibal Torres, praised Adolf Hitler on the grounds that the fascist dictator turned Germany into the first, this is quote, first economic power in the world. So, yeah, I don't know what's, yeah. I mean, it's also probably accurate, <laughs> right? Depending on it's what he definite. means by first. I mean, yeah. <laughs> first as in like number one at the it. time now or like historically. So I'm not even sure which one it means, but both are not. Both right. are wrong. <laughs> both are wrong. <laughs> if you want to talk about the first economic power, I believe Babylonians and Egyptians have something to say about that. Yeah. And even at the time, both Britain and Ger- uh, America were kind of doing better. But uh, in a week in which the government of Pedro Castillo has been engulfed in political crisis caused by rising fuel and fertilizer prices triggered by Russia's invasion of Ukraine and the president's own blundering effort to calm the unrest, Torres' inopportunate remarks on Thursdays drew a poporoverium from all quarters. Uh, So I just, I'm looking for, Oh, this, this is his full quote. I, love, yeah. I just, the rest is bullshit. His full quote. On one occasion, Hitler visited the north of Italy and Mussolini show, shows him a highway built from Milan to Bersicchia. Hitler saw this and went to his country and filled it with highways, airports, and turned Germany into the first economic power in the world. We have to make an effort, make sacrifices to improve our roads. I mean... I, I sorry, know, sorry, like, sorry. And he also had another. He had another quote too, where he was written: yeah. "Regimes of death and terror cannot be a sign no, no, of progress." Oh, that's the Israeli embassy. Never no, mind. No, that, yeah, that, yeah. That's the Israeli. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I just don't like. You want to talk about roads and build? <laughs> like you like Hitler? Like you don't understand that even if you like Hitler, at this point you have to keep it to yourself, buddy. Like, you know, as Hitler, everybody as Hitler, we all like and love Hitler, right? As Hitler, we have. And I mean, you know, it's really one of those things. Also, the example, he was talking about roads. I mean, you really don't have to. You don't even need to pull historical examples. Like, you don't need anything historical. (laughs) You can just say roads are needed. Evident, yeah, they're <laughs> evident from the. No, Nobody's gonna you ask you. No, please uh, explain your historical and contemporary rationale. What are your historical <laughs> examples for this? The fact that nice roads would work. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just I don't understand why couldn't he say just like Germany and America have developed nice highways, we have to develop nice highways. No, you have to go with the guy who, like, yeah, as you all know, Hitler went to Italy, he met with another asshole called Mussolini. Man, and they, you know, I don't know, people think that's yeah. only in, like, the US or something where there's education problem, but no, it no, goes no, everywhere. So everywhere. it is great that everybody's aware of the atrocities that happened in Germany. But if people could also just learn some other historical... <laughs> not that he needed any historical facts here to talk about roads but no clearly he doesn't even know about the fucking atrocities committed by nazis like this is one atrocity that everybody knows about and he's he's hitler the guy who's famous for building roads right no no he's not famous for building roads yes i don't understand how these people get to these like he's a prime minister how did he like how is he like how is he, like, manages to get food and so, like, I'm, I don't understand these people. Okay, Sam, let's continue. Let's keep this um, party going. 
So we had the elections in Hungary, which I'm sure most people know about. Viktor Orban, who's seen as a right-wing nationalist, easily won the election. He basically won it because he managed to sort of give out government, like he kept the cost of living sort of relatively mm-hmm. under control. And he presented himself as somebody who's going to keep Hungary out of the war in Poland, uh, uh, sorry, in Russia, Ukraine, uh, uh, unlike Poland, uh, so, so unlike his opposition, I guess. So he got uh, elected, and that's immediately, uh, two days later, EU launches process to slash Hungary's funds over rule of law breaches. So uh, European Commissioner uh, uh, President Ursula von der Leyen said on uh, Tuesday that they're going to basically start legal proceedings to block them for, from certain fundings, which will probably play into the hands of Viktor Orban, because one of his biggest sort of things mm-hmm. that has made him popular is the fact that he's very anti-EU and yeah. all that. And he won, so, by, know, he won the race by 53% of the vote which is kind of like in the, was, was there like a decent, relatively speaking, fair-ish election going on? Because it's like the kind of vote that you get in those scenarios, you know, like in the, in, yeah, like in the same I, level of, you know, as we I said, would, there's a spectrum, there's a big spectrum I mean, look, when it comes to democracy. But was this election, you, do they talk about it like, like a European one, like a US one? Is it kind of no, no. the same... Look, the thing I have only access to, as we all know, like uh, uh, mainstream sort of things. So, Politico, New York Post, uh, Guardian, all of them were no. It's it was uh, the sham line, the, the lines between not sham, but lines between a state and party became increasingly blurred. And I'm pretty, I'm guessing they're, to be honest, right? Like it's probably they're right, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah, no, there is definitely allegations that he, uh, state media was very, like, much on his side and that. Yeah, that's why I said again, relatively. So, okay, I see. Yeah, not but completely, you know, yeah. like, yeah, sham, but not yeah. completely free either. So. Yeah, no, of course, of course. And yeah, I was just trying to situate it a bit. Okay, yeah, and then, yeah, of course, the Europeans, as you mentioned, they're, they're also withholding COVID relief money that, that's supposed to go... European countries and all that. Yeah, so, yeah, that's interesting development. But I think, I mean, keep this is, this is, should be part of our news story about, like, a slow disintegration of Europe, I feel, <laughs> because Victor Urban is, you know, he's not, I mean, he's not anti-EU, I don't think, but he's just, you know, uh, positioned himself like that to get more advantages. And I think he's, adding to the frictions within EU. You also have Poland, extremely right-wing, very anti-Russia, Germany, not so much. So, you know, tensions are rising. And as a, shall I move on to the next country? Yes, please. Yeah. So, and in a country that is a far more crucial country within Europe, no disrespect to any other country, but they are, probably the second most important country within EU right now. Influential, France you could having, say, or powerful, just so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, France <laughs> is having... The only country within the EU that actually has, a, like, a proper army, uh, they, uh, yeah, they are having elections on Monday, I think, France, mm-hmm. and Le Pen is closing, man, is closing the, the differences, I think, uh, right now in most 
polls. Macron is like 52 and Le Pen mm. is 48 or something like that. And, uh, you know, uh, and there is any, do you want to comment? Anything, have you? All I wanted to say is that, yeah, I haven't been following it much. We were actually following this closer back in the day when they were doing their primaries, like six months or four or five months ago. But yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking some of the information I'd read about polls and all this being conducted in France and all this. I wouldn't be surprised if in this case, the polls show a bit mm, too much more enthusiasm for Le Pen than when it comes to actual election day. I don't know. That's just like a little bit of a hench, a little gut feeling. And the only other, the other thing that I would say, this was interesting. I turned on France 24 today just to listen to the news. And apparently they're not allowed to talk about the elections. And they were like, yeah, we can't talk about it because Af- of... The, if- yeah, like w- 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 when it's within, I think, 48 hours, there is a time like yeah. before that, that uh, television and stuff, they're not allowed. But newspapers it- are allowed to, apparently. They're like, you can go yeah, to the news- loans and read it up. Yeah. And- I don't know. Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing is that- in general? No, that's because that, that the places where they're not allowed to talk are state-funded. Okay. The same, it's, it's the same law in Iran. The day before really? the election, they, uh, none of the states, yeah, they are not allowed to uh, advertise. I mean, even, I mean, there's, there's private channels. I think they may be now, but they're not even allowed to advertise for anyone. I mean, I don't, I, I think it's a stupid law, to be honest. I mean, not the, like as if it matters anyway, like, who cares? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, fun. Yeah, I mean, it's supposed to be for fair and balanced coverage of candidates. That's the purpose. Yeah, and I guess the incumbent could theoretically have much more influence on the media. But yeah, okay, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's that. <laughs> that's happening. I mean, if Le Pen does actually end up winning, it would be a. It, it would be like pretty a pretty big event. I mean, given that his her dad was always in politics, trying but like being you know not never pretty close i think or yeah yeah he yeah. came he was on the final two with right. chirac once okay, with J- yeah. jacques chirac beat him yeah. and well she's been in the final two for a few times and even last time she once did, no one's last time she Only did once. one like you see her movement has momentum <laughs> yeah she no <laughs> that's i mean the, the, the right another right winger that came to attention through French media having him on television because he was this he's a typical I think these people are sort of the new versions of what you would have in 18th century and what they would be called self-hating Jews that you know they sort of uh, uh, you know they try to like cover the fact that they're from Jewish background or like that he's sort of a modern version of that which is like a self-hating of immigrant background, yeah. I guess. What's his so, background? So you're talking about Eric Zemmour, right? Yes, Eric Zemmour. He he was a television pundit mm-hmm. of like right wing tendencies who would say weird, like uh, stupid, pretty much uh, reactionary things. But uh, because he would attract attention, he um, you know he uh, kept being. Uh, bring brought back to the tv and he's fr- he's from berber jews uh, uh origin from algeria mm-hmm. so you know he's algerian background the origin 
but he's been he his tactic has been throughout to Le Pen, but with he he's a study that sans pro and all that as well. So he tries to put a sort of I'm just uh, you know I'm just telling the truth as yeah. it is. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know I'm a real Frenchman telling the truth. Yeah, uh, bonjour. So, uh, uh, so but another Frenchman of I get I'm guessing of Algerian background. Yeah. Although I'm not, yeah, okay, thank God, uh, of Algerian mm-hmm. background, uh, it stood up to him. So let's read about that. Far-right politician booted out of Zinedine Zidane's football club. Eric Zemmour ejected after club says he does not want its image associated with presidential candidate. In the unexpected clash between an anti-immigration French politician and a sporting hero whose parents immigrated to France, the final result was clear. Zemmour, Neil, Zidane won. I mean, I'm reading Guardian and I'm already like, oh God, I hate you guys. You ruin anything good that happens with your writing at Guardian, you ruin it, but whatever. Uh, so yeah, he a week from the first round of the French presidential election, the extreme right wing candidate found himself given a red. Oh, okay, I can't read. <laughs> I, I can't read this shit. <laughs> Sorry. I why do you have to use this bullshit? And uh, but he was basically they booked this uh, football stadium that is belongs to Zidane. Uh, they went there. Then Zidane's brother was there. Zidane's brother, by the way, I had no idea. Zidane's brother is called. Where is he? 